Today's podcast is sponsored by 5E Leadership and Marketing. You can learn more about business strategy, technology services, and how to build your business through latinasb2b.marketing. If you'd like to learn more about how to run your business through workshops, how to use technology platforms to run your business, you can find us at latinasb2b.marketing. That's latinasb2b.marketing. Gracias. I'm a girl. I'm a Latina. I might be like small or short. I might be wearing pink and I'm still, you know, going on the floor and disassembling in a machine or an assembly or taking measurements. And I've come to the point where people are used to it and they're not going to tell me not because they know that that's my job and that I can do it. Welcome to Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom, where wisdom comes from everywhere. This is a podcast about generational wisdom shared to help build a bridge for future generations and to build stronger communities through education, technology, and health. Welcome to Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. Hola, mi gente. Welcome to Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. You know, today's podcast is focused around building community and how you can create a network effect to really give you that support that you need in your developing career. And today, my guest is Diana Erchata, a first-generation Mexican immigrant. She is a recent mechanical engineering graduate from Northern Illinois University after transferring from a local community college. She currently works as a manufacturing engineer at Burgess Norton in the Chicago suburbs and focuses on automation design for manufacturing. Diana is a strong advocate for STEM with a focus on the empowerment of women and Latinas in engineering. She is on a mission to empower Latinas in engineering by providing educational, professional development, and financial resources. Her hopes are to increase the representation of Latinas in STEM fields and to create an international network of ingenierías. Welcome, Diana. Welcome, Diana, to Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. I am so excited to have you on my podcast because you and I have the same passion and understanding of how important it is to support Latinas in STEM, which is why I think the universe brought us together. Because my whole background is about supporting not just Latinas in STEM, but women of color, people of color in STEM, because it's so needed in our educational system. And I know from your background, you had come from Mexico originally. And I think the education system is a little different from the United States, where I want to say that we are less respectful of education as we are in other countries. And that's why I think first generation folks that come here, they put such a strong emphasis on education, which leads me into your organization, Latina Engineer, which I think is so fabulous. And I want to talk a little bit about that because you started this only two years ago and now you have 10,000 followers internationally. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, thank you for inviting me. I, I'm really excited. I mean, all the things that I mentioned, I'm like, I can talk for days about them. I want you to talk for days about it. That's why I have you here. I want to know everything <laughs> about it. 
I'm sure I, I can have an imagination about why, but your soul and your heart really is going to come through this and why you really wanted to do it. So, Diana, I want to know what really made you want to start Latina Engineering based on your education coming from Mexico and your family and then coming here because there is only a 2%, I believe, stat of Latinas in engineering. Am I correct in stating that? There's only 2%? In STEM. In STEM. Holy crap, that sucks. So only 2% Latinas in STEM, right? And then when you kind of compound that into not just technology, but what you're specifically focused in is mechanical engineering, correct? Yes, pretty much I have half of my life in one country and then half of the other. So when I got here, it was, you know, that opportunity of learning and appreciating that, you know, in Mexico, you had to go to a private school to get a quality education. And then here, you know, it was more available, more accessible. And, you know, the numbers for Latinas in STEM are lower, 2%. In engineering are even lower. Mm. So to me, at the beginning, it was more, I want something that I like. And I always like math. So it was just natural for me to try to find a career within those fields, those areas. Once I picked it and I knew how, you know, maybe I could contribute to the stat. Maybe I, you know, just by me becoming an engineer, I'll help it. And it's also something that I like doing as a career that I want to do because I like it, not just because, you know, something else or because my parents want me to do like a specific career. And then later, eventually turn more into, you know, how can I just not only do my career, but mm -hmm. like bring someone else along the way? How can what I've learned while being an immigrant, learning English, being a minority in STEM, graduating, finding a job, how can right. that somehow right. create something to help someone else back? And that's what kind of led me to, you know, start a blog and then just grow it into an Instagram, create the conference and then just kind of learning as I go and like what can help me and, and what can help others. And it just makes me feel really happy to be able to create something that's bigger than myself. Right. And how I found you was looking for Latinas in STEM, technology, engineering, and boom, you just came up. And I also saw you on my LinkedIn feed, right? So I said, who is this woman? I looked you up on Instagram. You have a ton of followers. You are posting content all the time. And just, you know, nobody can see this right now because we're on the Squadcast platform and the video is going. But she has like wrenches and hammers and her whole logo behind her. So she is branded extremely well. So if you guys want to take a branding course, <laughs> in addition to <laughs> Latina engineering, I'm telling you, she's got it nailed down. And the one thing that really stood out to me was that even though you are pushing for STEM and STEM has many pathways, right? I always talk about this. There are many pathways in STEM, but you chose mechanical engineering. And I want to understand and I want our audience to understand a little bit about the difference between mechanical engineering. Maybe you can give us a little breakdown of mechanical engineering technical engineering and civil engineering because there's a lot of concepts and theories around that but what specific industries can you attribute those three sectors to so i think one of the biggest 
confusion or the biggest reasons why sometimes we don't pick engineering is because we don't understand what engineering is. Yep. We might not have someone in engineering that, you know, we have seen what they do. Maybe we even do, like my dad is an engineer and I didn't fully understand what he did anyways, you know, even though he was living with me. So I like to explain engineering in one specific way that I like. I did mechanical and I work as a manufacturing engineer now. So mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that because you study one, you have to just do that one specifically. But I like to put it in this way where let's say you have a camera or a phone or a bicycle, whatever. Mm -hmm. You have multiple types of engineers that are going to help you accomplish that. Mm -hmm. So you have the mechanical engineer that's going to do all the design for Or the physical stuff. Let's say a phone is going to design what the case looks like, how mm -hmm. big is going to be the camera, where the outlets are going to be. The electrical engineer is going to design the electronics underneath. So they have to come together because if the mechanical engineer does this too big, then the electrical engineer won't, you know, or too small, the electrical engineer won't have space to do the, mm -hmm. you know, the electronic components. Then you have, for example, if we had makeup, the mechanical engineer is going to do the packaging. The chemical engineer is going to do, you know, the chemicals or the formula behind the, the product itself. Mm -hmm. Then you have industrial engineers. If you're going to do something in production, like larger quantities, mm -hmm. they're going to help you train everyone. They're going to write the work instructions, how to do it. They're going to make sure that all that's fine. Then you have civil engineers, which is a little bit separate from like a manufacturing perspective, but mm -hmm. it's more like... How can we design either bridges, buildings, things like that? And even within each one, like civil engineering, for example, mm -hmm. there are many different branches that you can specialize in. I'm not going to tell you them because I'm going to get them wrong because I'm not a civil engineer. Okay. But, you know, you have all these different areas mm -hmm. within each engineering type. And so what I like to say is just because you're one type of engineering doesn't mean you have to work with that specific title. You can like switch like I did from mechanical to manufacturing. And just because you pick, for example, mechanical engineering doesn't mean you're going to be doing the same thing as another mechanical engineer because mechanical engineering has a lot of areas. So you can specialize in something like fluids or another one can specialize in design. Another one can specialize in heat transfer or thermodynamics. So there's a lot of different opportunities. So wow. if you think engineering is boring... It might not be. You're just not looking at the right area of engineering. Right. That's fabulous. The typical term I'm very much associated to is a software engineer. So all those components and things that you talk about, when you put them all together and then there's a software component, it almost seems like the software component is last in a way. It just depends on what area, what field you're in. It might be the starting point. It might be, you know, the ending point. It, it all depends. You'll find out that once you pick something... It's different and you can specialize into everything. So that brings me to why you started Latina Engineer. And when you and I talked earlier, just to get some background, when you started this, I love the story that you picked the domain and nobody had the domain, which is, you know, here we are in 2021, but you picked it in 2019. It's amazing because here you are and you have become this juggernaut in the industry, especially when I see you on Instagram and LinkedIn and people are engaging with you and the followers that you have because it's a global community. So when you started this, how is it that you brought all these folks together? Because it's a lot and you have a lot of presence now and it only took two years. Mm -hmm. 
I wasn't really involved into any clubs or teams or any extracurricular I do in college, which I recommend you do if you're in college. <laughs> Once I graduated and I was working, that's when I was like, okay, let's do something. It started as the life of a Latina engineer. So mm. what a Latina engineer goes through in their life. So I would share experiences from work, experiences that I had in school, work home for example and you know from there it just kind of transitioned into just latina engineer uh from the blog i opened an instagram account so it was just me literally it was just me posting about stories that happened the moment i opened my instagram i started you know either they found me or i found them mm -hmm. through hashtags and things like that other latinas in engineering and since the moment i started it was really welcoming it was like we were always looking for each other but you know there wasn't like a good way to do it And even with people that I'm friends with on Instagram that had their accounts there like four years ago, there wasn't as many accounts that were educational or were STEM or engineering or Latina focused. So there has been a, a big growth and I've seen it where new accounts come up and things like that. But just to think that four years ago, it wasn't really a thing. Right. Like it wasn't like a way to connect. Now, you know, having a conference last year of 350 attendees this year, trying to wow. reach hopefully a thousand, it tells you how there's a lack for it. And yes. to be honest, I didn't know if Latin engineering was taken or not. I just kind of, that's what I named my blog. When I came to make a, a website, when I did my account, it was just not available. And it just made you realize why has nobody done something like that? There was Latinas in STEM. There is... I think Latina engineers, but it's a little bit different. It's more for like specifically software, I want to say. But it wasn't mm. something so broad where it was just, what does it have to do revolving all aspects of being right. a woman a Latina engineer? You know, life, work, school, and everything else, not just like studying engineering and that's it. And then from there, having those connections, it changed the way that you see things. It helps you have those friends that are like similar backgrounds or similar goals. And then just knowing that you you belong somewhere because you find other people like you. Yeah, and it's a global community as well. So bringing me to the next question for you is in your specific role, can you give us a little guideline as to how you got into your role? And then also when you're working with your colleagues, how they're mostly men and they're older than you and how you navigate the conversation and the projects. I think that's really interesting. There's been a change, to be honest. I changed jobs six months ago, so I'm going to tell you a little bit of my first job and then now where I am at and how that has changed. So, you know, I was probably the youngest. I believe I was the youngest engineer. I was the only female engineer at my first job. It was a smaller company, but it was still, I was the only Latina and the only woman. I was a different one, but I felt <laughs> comfortable. I had interned in that company already, so mm -hmm. I never felt like I didn't belong as much. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I knew I was a little bit different, obviously, but they didn't make me feel like that made me less of an engineer. So it mm -hmm. gave me that confidence. And I think that's something that you really have to look for, that if you're in an environment where you don't feel that way, then it might not be the right environment you want to be in. So it right. gave me the comfort to feel like I have what it takes and I can be an engineer and I can focus on the things I want to learn as an engineer. And that's what prompted me to kind of start sharing my stories. I'm a girl. I'm a Latina. I might be like small or short. I might be wearing pink and I'm still, you know, going on the floor and disassembling a machine or an assembly or taking measurements. And I've come to the point where people are used to it and they're not going to tell me not because they know that that's my job and that I can do it. 
So that really helped me out. But I still was the only woman. Eventually, I was not the only Latina, but I was the only woman. Now at my new job, we are more of a mix. So we're three women mm-hmm. engineers. Uh, the rest are awesome. men. But that was, and we're the same size company, but that just makes a difference. You feel a little bit more welcome because you have that, that mix. Even though before I was the only one, and I still, nobody was like mean or nobody ever made, told me like things like that. It still makes a difference to know that they're looking for more of a diverse group. And, you know, it's my first job as well. So I was two years in one and then now six months in this one. So it's it's a learning, especially when I was switching from one to the other. Let me tell you, getting a new job and getting interviews and getting job offers really helps you as well with your confidence that that's what's something that imposter syndrome they always came back right how would it takes to look for another job is another company gonna want me even my name you know because it's a girl's name mm-hmm. filtering me out people just yeah not consciously thinking go oh, it's a girl that maybe they're not as good as you know hiring a man or things like that but i've gone through different things for example my first internship I wasn't getting paid as much as the other intern that was, for example, we were ethnicities, different races, different ages and different genders. So it was just mm-hmm. kind of like, why if I'm the minority, I'm the woman and I'm like the older, like more experienced, why am I getting paid less? So right. standing up for that and seeing that not only is the job paying you less, you come home and the man in your life tell you that it's okay, that that's going to happen all the time and fighting Whoa. all that to stand up and say, hey, no, I deserve this. I have more experience and more education than this other person. And whether it had helped me or not, you know, it was one thing. And then actually having the company acknowledge that and make up for why you were missing out was another completely step that you're like, if I hadn't said anything, it would have kept going. And now it won't happen again. And they'll make sure that it's fair. A hundred percent. I mean, that's what we always want to champion for women is that you got to stand up for yourself and say, Bring what you have to the table. In today's podcast, we're talking about building community and how that can become a network effect. If you go to latinasb2b.com, we are providing workshops and also consulting services around how to build that resiliency, to build that business trust, and also to build your community network throughout your career, starting your business, or taking your business to the next level. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at latinasb2b.marketing. Gracias. Which I think you gained from your mom and your dad, right? Growing up when we talked, how they really (laughs) kind of just, they were entrepreneurs themselves, right? In Mexico before you guys came over, correct? Yeah, so my parents always raised me with that mentality that I could do whatever I wanted to do. So it it helped me. So when I encounter any like challenges, I was just kind of like, why not? Like my parents tell me all the time (laughs) that I can. Right. So that helped out a lot. And also, you know, my mom was a really big role model. It was, you know, the first role model. And it's still a really important one because the things that I learned from there were really valuable. She started a business in Mexico when my dad lost his job. And it was a business mm. that worked with metal. It was metal products. So it was men, wow. a men's field, the male dominated. Mm-hmm. And so her not feeling like, oh, that's going to stop me from doing it. 
being successful at it, gaining clients, doing her projects, but also bringing me along sometimes. So like if she was at a metal production supplier facility, it wasn't just her being the only woman. It was her and her child. And I was like, it's okay to be here. And nobody's telling us anyways, because we are purchasing and we're the clients and things like that. So that also changed my, you know, one also being told that you can do it. You just have to try for it. Like you have to put that right. echarle ganas. Uh, and the other thing is like, I love that echarle ganas. <laughs> yeah. I have a hat by the way. That's so <laughs> Yeah. And another one, I'm at a place where I don't look like everyone else, but it's okay. Yeah. I think that's great motivation. And some of us don't really have that infrastructure. But the thing I like to say is if you're listening in the podcast is that you can do it and find your support group. And I think this Latina engineer group is a wonderful place to start. So I want to bring in your organization and tell a little bit about your organization And the event that's going to come up, because I saw that you have a lot of guest speakers. Last year, you said you had a pretty good turnout, but your goal is to get to a thousand, which is amazing. And that you are also working as a nonprofit and you're giving scholarships. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. You're just like... You're like Wonder Woman right now in STEM. <laughs> <laughs> so we started last year. The event is called International Latina Engineer Week. It's a conference and a celebration that's a whole week long for Latinas in engineering. But anyone that, you know, a Latina in STEM, a woman in STEM and engineering can join. We host it every October. And it's a whole week. We have different speakers. So we have personal topics like life balance, uh, more professional development resources, student resources, and, you know, everything that kind of relates like that sort of like the whole life of a Latina engineer. And then we have scholarships, which I received scholarships when I was in school. So it was something I wanted to give back since before I graduated. I wanted mm -hmm. to create one. This year is the second time we do it. Mm -hmm. We just launched registration for the first of three scholarships that we'll be doing this year. So we're something that mm -hmm. we want to like grow every year. So we went from two to three now. And then just growing it. You know, last year we had 350 people register around the world. It was mostly in the U.S., but we had mm -hmm. people in different countries and different continents. This year, I hope to reach a thousand people register. And, you know, it's something that we do free. We have free registrations. We have donation registrations. We had some that includes goodie bags so they can purchase that kit. And now we're bringing an mm -hmm. in-person session in Chicago, which is it's the first time we host an in-person, you know, kind of like session. So I'm really excited. It has grown a lot from the first year to the second year. I have a team of Latina engineers that are helping me now to plan this, which last year awesome. was just kind of just me. And it's a great way because one of the things that I hear the most is networking. That's what yes. attendees like to get the most out of it, networking, because sometimes we won't find each other in, in a company or in a school because we're all over the place and we're not that many, you know, 2%. Mm -hmm. So getting that opportunity to meet other Latinas in engineering. But also I've had it that last year we had some girls that were in the same city or nearby cities and they did not know each other and they just met through this event and they're like now they have someone close by that they met there it's another latina engineer and that's just awesome because it's something that's virtual so it's accessible but it brings you these opportunities to meet people that you wouldn't have otherwise right it's amazing and i think that's the support that we're talking about if you feel that you're struggling this is it and i really love it i mean the fact that you put this all together the first year by yourself. And now you have 
some pretty big sponsors, I think, this year that are GE is one of your sponsors, right? Is that correct? Yes, GE Appliances. It's a higher company. They are one of the bigger sponsors. We have a couple more STEM-focused sponsors. For example, Steel Chick Shoe. They make fashionable shoes for, you know, women in manufacturing and engineering. So it's another thing that you hear all the time when you're... Awesome. Yeah, when you're an engineering <laughs> student and you're a female, you're like, why isn't there, like, clothes for us that either fit us or that they make Right. Wear. So it's something that I know came up all the time. Now I'm partnering with them to be like, hey, there are available. Uh, and then we have different, like, for example, for student resources, like tutoring and things like that. So I am thankful for the, you know, for people being interested in this because it's all to give back to the community. You know, it's a nonprofit just running this. We are more interested in being able to create the opportunities for the students and for the professionals than anything else. Right. I like that. The boots, the mechanical engineering boots, <laughs> right? Boots to suits, right? <laughs> Just like my logo. You know, you come from the tennis shoes and the hood and the street, and then you go into the corporate boardrooms, right? It's like you bring all of this information and your strengths into one opportunity or to a big event like this. I really like that. And I just want to go back to the percentages that are relevant and very dismal because even in tech, by 2060, we're going to be the dominant population. And when you think about that, we're not even in the double digits of being represented in a lot of companies in these types of STEM fields, engineering and tech, even NASA. I'm just going to ask you, did you ever want to go to NASA and build a rocket ship? I had never had that dream. I know some people are really passionate about it. With me, it's more like I just wanted to find out what I like to do. I think there's an organization called Latinas in Aerospace. So I know it takes money, but it takes courage and it takes just doing it. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions about the organization. So in Latina Engineers, what is the one goal that you want to accomplish long-term because it's really growing. And I know some other Latinas that have started their organization and it's just become very powerful to a lot of big brands. Yeah, I think the biggest goal is the conference now. When I started, I would never imagine that I would be hosting a conference. Now it's more like mm -hmm. making it accessible, grow it, to grow a network have that access to be able to find someone that's a student just like you, someone that's doing the job that maybe you want to have one day and you can ask them questions or like a mentorship. You know, it's different when you can do something virtual and have access to all that. Like, for example, as a commuter and as a student, I didn't have access. I couldn't stay for like ship or sweat meetings or things like that. I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. I had to go back home. And having, you know, with COVID and moving everything to virtual, This really opens doors for everyone. So to me, it's growing the conference to, you know, we're having the first in-person event, making it more like maybe one day we have a larger, you know, I have some girls, some uh, women that are willing to travel to come to, you know, the first one that we might be maybe 50 people and they're willing to come and travel for the conference for the one session. And to me, it means a lot. And I wonder, like, why are you willing to take a day off at work and spend the money to come all the way out here when you're across the country? And they tell me, because when I was a student, there wasn't resources like that. And it's true because I didn't have those resources either. So if you're able to be part of that, you know, they feel like they want to be part of it. I'm, I'm really happy to be able to 
provide those resources. So I get it. And, you know, I felt like I've been privileged in some things, but I also completely understand, you know, the lack of things that we have. You know, it's it's close to my heart. It's really close, especially when I talk about the scholarships. Right. You know, it's something that that really makes me feel good that, that I'm working on. Yeah, because it starts all the way down into the depths of early education. And if that support isn't there or you find it late in life, it's like you're really grasping for whatever you can to find your people. And I think I want to say your branches are really going that direction and building a bridge between where they can see themselves and that there are more Latinas out there in STEM and engineering. However, the one thing that I know a lot of Latinas, all of us ask ourselves is how do they do it, right? How do they get to where they want to do? It's not just a one person show. It takes partnership. And if you have a strong partner that sees your vision and that can support you in this arena, right? Sometimes you don't, but as you get older, you know, a lot of us have big families or we start to create a family, that partner really has to come through to support you. Yeah, being a working woman in general, not you don't have to be, you know, an engineering or in STEM, takes a different type of approach to a relationship, to having a relationship and a partner, because especially as Latinas, we're changing what is expected from us. Sometimes when we have conservative mm -hmm. families, like looking for your yeah. family, having kids, taking care of the kids and things like that. So to me, when I met my partner, my husband, I was really involved in the school. Then I took a break, but then he already knew that I was a career, but I'm also doing more than that. So it's more of like, What support are you going to give me? Are we both going to have this path? Like we have similar careers. Are we both going to support each other throughout the whole time? Like not having like, oh, eventually it's going to be my career and that's it. Because to me, it's important. Like I went to school because it was, my education was really valuable to me. And it wasn't something that I was going to drop along the way. So having someone that understands that like now... I am a little bit more involved because I have my full-time job. I have the nonprofit with the conference. And literally, like, for example, today, I have 15 minutes in between my full-time job and everything else. <laughs> and then I have full calls until I go right. to bed. So I need someone that understands that I won't be able to cook a week, maybe because it's the busiest week I've had, or I won't be able to clean. Or, like, I'll be like, can you pick up lunch? Because we only have 15 minutes to eat today, and that's all we get. Right. Or that might not see me, the, like, a few hours a day, or maybe I have to travel and things like that. So it is really important to realize that, that you have someone that supports your goals and your visions and the things that you have going on in your life. That don't you feel like it's pressuring you to do something else? And it can be challenging and sometimes it takes you to be more mature to understand and to be with someone that is on that same page that is just like, it's more than just liking someone, it's more like, how are we going to work together to support each other, not just one of us? It's definitely work in progress and it does take open communication and understanding. And those are the skills too that you bring to the job or that if you have that in the job that you bring to a partnership. I mean, it's all connected, but that is is a very important point because this is like your baby. Like my business is my baby and how you take care of it, how you communicate with your partner and all those things are so important. And so I'm just going to close out here with one final question. What is it that you can leave us with on this podcast for Latina Engineer? 
to focus on what you want to do, to find, you know, if you have a passion, don't be scared of pursuing it. Don't be scared of going against others. And then just kind of like, it's also okay to feel scared about it because I like to see that if it's not challenging, it's, you know, you're not really learning as much as, you know, if you challenge yourself, you're learning something. Um, another thing mm -hmm. is, it's okay to be scared. Like, for example, a lot of things I've done with this platform and in engineering, I was scared all the time that I was not going to be good enough to do it. But I pushed myself through it. I knew it was okay to be scared. So I always say, feel the fear and do it anyways. It's okay that you feel scared, but don't let it stop you from what you want to do. And you learn a lot of things along the way. Like just starting this had taught me how to edit, market, and like it's a lot of things I'm learning. So always be open to yes. learning because it's what's going to push you through your career, through a new project, through a new business. It just applies to everything. Right. And that's really good advice. So I really appreciate you being on Latinas from the block to the boardroom in this podcast, talking about your event, how you started, how you're finding other Latinas that are just so passionate about the same thing. And mechanical engineering, and when we talk about the different, I want to say spokes of engineering, there are so many. But the whole thing is just being excited about what that pursuit can be in science, technology, engineering, and math. Oh, and even the arts. I always bring in the arts because design is a very big part of that STEM factor. And You obviously know this in your career of the design aspect. And I just think that there's so many awesome products that we just haven't developed. And I think women are really going to be the forefront of some really cool products. So thank you so much, Diana, for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And if we want to get in touch with you, how do we get in touch with you to support your organization? If you want to find out more about Latina Engineer, we are on Instagram at Latina underscore engineer or our website, which is latinaengineer.com. And you can find everything else from there, like we're YouTube or LinkedIn or conference. Once you reach your website, you pretty much have contact to like or email and things like that. If you have questions or you need, you know, like a mentor and things like that. Okay, so mentorship and uh, just information on your events and then also networking groups. So that's awesome. So that's latinaengineer.com. Wonderful. Okay, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, Diana. Thank you, Diana, for joining me today on Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. Again, if you'd like to learn more information about Diana and Latina Engineers, You can go to latinaengineer.com for more information. Her annual conference is being hosted in October. So if you'd like to learn more, you can reach out to her through Instagram at latinaengineer, or you can find her on LinkedIn. Again, that's latinaengineer.com, and it's Diana Ercheta. Today's podcast was co-produced and engineered by Teresa Gonzalez and Robert Lopez of Mixed by Crates. If you'd like to learn more about how we can elevate your podcast or your business, please visit us at latinasb2b.com. Gracias. <laughs>